Since 1958, the Village Inn has proven itself as a family restaurant brand, and it follows a simple recipe for success. Provide good food, good feelings, reasonable price, relaxing atmosphere. Village Inn is actually part of American Blue Ribbon Holdings, which is a diversified food services company operating other family and casual dining restaurant groups in the United States. In turn, they are majority owned by a public company called Cane Holdings that's traded on the New York Public Stock Exchange. That company has done pretty well over the last three years, more than doubling in price. Alas, as you may or may not know, restaurants are a hard business to be in. And the restaurant group within Kinney Holdings is facing declines in revenues and profits. It's such a common story today as many restaurant franchises are closing hundreds of stores. In fact, this morning, uh, checking on the Wall Street Journal, uh, Restaurants Unlimited, which has a number of casual fine dining uh, restaurants, including here in Portland area, has filed for bankruptcy. So it's a tough business. So welcome everybody to another recording of Business Accelerant's Memos, where we deal with the seven forces affecting a company and how to build value in your business. I'm Paul Menig, the CEO of Business Accelerants. With me today is Ryan Sweeney with hands-on restaurant experience. Ryan is the director of operations and co-owner of a family-run village restaurant, Village Inn Restaurant. So welcome, Ryan. Tell, briefly tell us about yourself. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, first of all. I appreciate the time. And, uh, well, you, you kind of you nailed it on the head. I'm a, I've got real-life restaurant experience. I've been in the restaurant business, um, you know, since I was 15 years old, I guess, is when I first got my first paycheck for it, um, you know. And so I'd say that's uh, over half my life now. And so, um, as you mentioned, um, working for the family-owned and operated Village Inn franchise, um, I've been doing that for uh, past uh, 12 years now since I graduated from University of Oregon, 2007. And so, uh, yeah, uh, keeps keeps us very busy. So you said 15. Uh, is that that's when you got a paycheck, not when you started working there? Yeah, it had to be legal, right? Absolutely. I worked I worked for tips starting as early as 10 years old, and and the tips were really good because people thought that you know I needed the money or you know at least I don't know what they thought, but looking back I could see you know they just thought it was cute that I was in there busting tables, I had my little apron, I had to roll it up because it was too long, you know. So uh, yeah, you know so. Going for it's a family restaurant, right? Exactly. You know, Everybody can chip in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So to get started, um, we said that there were four things. Good food, good feelings, reasonable price, relaxing atmosphere. So we often talk about who is your ideal client. And I think in a previous conversation, you know, we had a chance to talk about that. So tell us a little bit about who you see as the most likely people to choose Village Inn as opposed to any of the other places they might go for food. Absolutely. Well, you know, um, I think, as you mentioned, you know, good food, good feelings, uh, relaxing environment. Um, that's really what we're offering. Um, and our customers come to us because they want a, a full-service restaurant experience at a reasonable price, which can be tough to do because, you know, full-service restaurant experience involves a lot of moving parts, and, you know, the moving parts add up. And so... Um, our customers, I believe, recognize that we offer a, an in-house dining experience, right? Uh, Table-side service with you, with an actual human being face-to-face. -face. Uh, you're interacting with the with the employees and whatnot, um, and you're you're eating there. You're gathering with your family. Um, you might be coming in by yourself, looking for some companionship, some friendship, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, or you're coming in with the whole family. Um, we cater to, to, to both of those groups, right? Um, and uh, the idea is, you know, you can come in, bring the kids, make a mess at the table, not have to clean it up, you know, on, on your way out the door. You know, we'll take care of that. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned, there are a lot of places you can catch a meal these days. And so it's not just people that are looking for food, right? Mm -hmm. That's too broad. Um, too many other options available. Um, and um, if you're looking for something uh, that you're going to get in and out, you know, in under 20 minutes, you know, that's not us, right? So I would say that uh, people are looking to come visit us um, for more of an experience rather than just filling their bellies. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
little bit of time with the family. Um, you know, business meetings are very popular, um, but definitely um, we try to stay on the lower end of the full service restaurant scale. Okay, so you have this wonderful pie display at the checkout counter. Oh yeah. How big what is, is pies maybe 2% of your revenue, 5, 10? <laughs> Certainly not a 50% or something. It, pie is definitely a, a seasonal, uh, seasonal, seasonality item, right? So definitely for the holidays, uh, it's through the roof, right? Um, but definitely I'd say it's a, it's, uh, it's a couple percentage points there on the, uh, you, you know, uh, on the sales receipt there. Mm -hmm. um, depends on how hard we're pushing it. But, um, you know, when the occasion calls for it, we like to think that, you know, we're one of the first places people think of for it, um, whether it's uh, you know getting one to take to a family party or bringing the the kids in for a slice of pie in the restaurant. So, yeah. so all pun intended, I'm a sucker for the Tootsie Roll Pop suckers <laughs> that you have available oh, yeah. there too. <laughs> well, for purchase, however, of course, of course, of course, yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know. Everyone needs to satisfy their sweet tooth, you know, after the meal, right? And, <laughs> yes. you know, maybe, uh, you know, doctor's orders or whatever. Or, yeah, you're not going to go for the full slice of pie. So we have a, you know, I like to throw the Tootsie Pops out there and the Andy's Mints as yes. well. Yeah, I remember <laughs> the Andy's Mints too. Yes, for sure. Um, so I was just at a meeting this morning over in Beaverton, and we were talking about the um, something with people like myself, silver graying, and we were talking about manufacturing and how we're losing a lot of intelligent people who know how to do things with their hands and things. So how are you seeing your ideal client base change as you know, we have this baby boomers and people like myself who are getting older and things versus people having children young, uh, later in life now, people not buying houses and things, and not even buying cars. What changes are you seeing in your clientele? Well, uh, you know, definitely have seen many changes, you know, over the 15 years, you know, from when I first started as a busser. Um, you know, the thing that I always thought was, you know, we definitely do cater to a lot of senior citizens. Um, and I think it's because they recognize the value in the meals. Um, and, you know, they're, they're probably on fixed incomes and, you know, they enjoy going out to eat every day uh, for the occasion part as opposed to the necessity part. Um, and that's that's been one of our core customers as long as I've known Village Inn. Mm. Um, and it's easy to say, well, you know, if your customer base is getting older, you know, we all eventually know what happens when you get old enough, right? Uh, what's going to happen when they stop coming in? Um, and we've been saying that, you know, for years. But what I've noticed is it kind of cycles over. For example, I'll tell you, I have a, a friend of mine that lives, you know, in the neighborhood of the restaurant, um, went to school with them, um, and you know I mentioned I've been there since I was 15. Just recently, saw their parents be have become regulars now, and you know my friend, uh, my age, so you know starting a young family, um, and now their parents are grandparents. You know yes. maybe they have more time on their hand, or whatever. So you know the idea that oh the, the customer base is getting old and dying off. Eh, well, you know, but. It kind of regenerates, um, and then you mentioned, uh, you know, people waiting till later in life to start families. That means they have more disposable income, whereas, you know, uh, a couple generations ago, maybe uh, you, you you got your kids and mm. you can't afford to take them out to eat, right? Yeah. You got to eat yeah. at home. So um, there's there's um, it's it's constantly evolving, but you know, I would say definitely the folks looking for a good value come see us. Okay, super. Um, Speaking of um, uh, changing people and stuff, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, not going out as much. So there's a whole generation like uh, my daughter and others, my son. Uh, my son lives up in Seattle and everything is delivered to the house by Amazon. You know, call up two hours later, there are the diapers, there are everything else. And so we've also got home delivery. We've always had home delivery. I mean, I used to order pizzas long, long time ago oh, yeah. and have them delivered. But it's different today with apps for this and that and being able to do it and, and how it's set up as a service and extra jobs for people. And you've taken some of a plunge towards that. How? What, what can you tell us about your experience with home delivery? Definitely. We, uh, we've ex been experimenting with uh, third-party delivery um, with uh, Uber and Grubhub uh, and exploring other options. 
Um, we've been doing it for um, a little over two years now. Oh, um, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, well, I'd say it's getting close to two years. I'd, I'd say probably this summer uh, would be our two-year anniversary from when we started with Uber. And the reason I got started with it, I you know I saw you know uh, saw some promotion for it. I'd heard about it in other cities. Um, by the time we started, um, Uber told me that we, Portland was the 40th market that they were entering. And uh, I said, well, that sounds like, you know, it's not just a fad. Uh, it sounds <laughs> like they've, they've kind of figured it out. Um, uh, let's give this a shot, you know. And, uh, you know, I was hoping to get, you know, a couple couple extra sales a week out of it. Um, you know, thought it couldn't hurt. Um, it's been tremendously popular, which is uh, more mm. popular than I could have imagined, specifically for our type of food. Um, I don't think that our food travels... I want to think, you know, because in the past, you say pizza, Chinese food, those are kind of the ones you want, yeah. right? And it's like, you just don't think about that. But now that you have all these options, definitely the third-party delivery was, uh, it was uh, continues to be a growing part of business for us. Uh, that We're getting newer customers, uh, new customers every day, um, and the sales are going up. Um, and we are continuing to tweak our methods as well. Um, as we're getting used to it. There's there's a lot of new parts of the business that are things that we didn't have to deal with before. Uh, for example, the other day we had someone, we get the orders coming through and we got two of them back to back and it's the same customer, um, same order. And we're like, well, this has to be- A duplicate. A, a, yeah, a glitch or something. Fortunately, they give you the customer's number. You're able to call them. The customer goes, well, no, I'm, I, have, I have to pay for both of them. I, I accidentally placed the order and my most recent location was still saved. And so that first order is going to my friend's house. <laughs> so I reordered with the correct address and I actually wanted the food. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, that's new, uh, yeah. but you yeah. know, um, we've been happy with it on our end. Uh, it's, it fits in nicely. It, it's been a nice increase in sales but not to the point to where we're having to staff extra for it. So it's very, it fits in nicely in, into the day part there and uh, it increases with supplemental sales. That's, that's much of what I've heard is that no kitchen, unless they're really slammed, is really full up and that the home delivery type things are fill-ins that help reduce your overall cost, improve the productivity in the restaurant. But it occurs to me, you've got an interesting story maybe, was how, challenging or what were some of the issues associated with a young life person like yourself and the other part owner who is of a different generation agreeing to doing home delivery well that's uh that's a <laughs> that could be a conversation for a different day but <laughs> um you know um really uh you know i uh we approached the subject i i kind of told it she was my my mother my co co-owner, uh, uh, yeah. partner. Uh, she she was a little bit he hesitant and skeptical, as was I, but I was like, well, let's give it a shot. What's the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, we, when you see when you see the orders coming in and then and you get a check every week, that's pretty nice. And yeah. uh, and so that, that, you know, it didn't take much uh, convincing after that. Uh, and like I said, it really took off. And so it might have been a thing where if it started off a little slow, maybe we would have ditched it. But um, we really hit the ground running on it um, and, and continue to grow there. And so, um, you know, definitely got some pushback, uh, not just from, you know, my partner, but from my employees as well. Some of them, uh, you know, um, you know, when you come from a, a mindset where you're the manager on duty and you've got to, you've got to balance the till at the end of the shift. So you got to make sure everything's accounted for and paid for the idea of an order coming to you through the computer and you're going to make the food and package it up nicely and hand it off to a stranger to deliver it and not collect any cash right there is kind of, you know, was kind of a, you know, an alarming. But you don't know. you automatically get the cash because it's come in on a credit card off the app or whatever they ordered? No. So, so what happens is we have to, we have to figure out a way on our end to manage the, the order to tender the payment, right? So the way that our point of sale is set up is that we're, um, we're, we're open for business one day and then once, you know, end of the business day, you want to have everything balance out. Yeah. And so in order to do that, we just create a house account that we close them to. And so, uh, you know, it's just, I, 
I was just saying more so the idea of, uh, you know, just, you know, like okay. you're not really interacting with a human, right? Yeah. Which is a lot yeah. of uh, what, um, you know, folks in my industry are used to. And it's just, you know, this is a little, little pushback, but uh, I say everybody on the team has been blown away with, um, you know, the popularity of it. And hmm. yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll have to try it. Yeah. I am, <laughs> I am the Uber Eats person myself. I, okay. I go to the restaurant and I, I sit there and you know, enjoy myself for a little bit, do some work on my iPad or whatever, and then take my food home to my wife. So there you go. I'm, I've got to, I've got to get up to the new way of doing things. <laughs> um, I was checking my uh, uh, QuickBooks files for my consulting company over the weekend, and they they popped up a nice warning saying, "Hey, you know, minimum wage regulations are changing. You know, you better check things." Unfortunately for me. I'm the only employee, really, my, you know, my wife and I, so I don't have to deal with that. But you do, and on top of that, uh, here in Oregon, our legislature meets for roughly six months every two years. They just finished their uh, six-month uh, sojourn, uh, uh, June 30th. We made the news on the Wall Street Journal because the Republican senators <laughs> all walked out because they didn't want to pass something. Um, so we had, we had new laws for family leave. Fortunately, they changed it, but I think you've got enough employees that you're still going to be impacted by it. So what are some of the government regulations you're facing in the next couple of years? Because uh, that family leave, I guess, is like three years yep. out. Yep. Um, the regulations for uh, wages have been going over the last yeah. year and a half or so. Yeah, so back in... 2016 was when they uh, initiated the uh, the wage the steady wage hikes and so they have it prescribed out. Uh, 2016 minimum wage uh, was at 9.25 I believe, and just on July 1st we're at 12.50. So that's mm, quite 30 percent increase. Yeah. Quite the increase in um, in a handful of years, less than a handful of years, um, and it's continuing to go up. Um, the nice thing is they give you a heads up that it's coming and it's not like, hey, uh, you got two months notice. We know that it's coming so we can do our best to prepare for it, but there, it's, there's only so much you can do and, and you don't know how, um, how the change is going to affect your business until it actually happens. Um, so definitely minimum wage is one that we're keeping an eye on. We're heavily dependent on um, wage earning workers, right? Um, our servers... Um, I've always been paid minimum wage because they make so much in tips. And I think that that's one thing that doesn't get factored in specifically here in Oregon. And Oregon's one of a handful of states that doesn't have a tip credit. And what I mean by that is oh. in other states, yeah. you know, the average rate of pay, it can, it's as low as $2.75 in some mm -hmm. states and as high as, you know, 6 or $7 in other states. And, and what that is, is it's a separate minimum wage for tip earning employees. So employees yeah. that are directly tips because they make so much in tips, um, it offsets the need for minimum wage. Oregon doesn't have that. So here in Oregon, you know, we pay $12.50 an hour plus the employees get their tips. And, and that makes it tough because now the servers are definitely the highest earners in the restaurant. And you have to try and make it equitable for the others involved, right? Like mm -hmm. the cooks and whatnot. We've always paid our cooks higher than minimum wage. That's how you keep them on board. Um, and so that's definitely been a new challenge that, you know, we're dealing with at the restaurant. Um, a lot of our employees have uh, other part-time jobs because the nature of the work, it's part-time. We're primarily a breakfast place. So a lot of our employees work at Village Inn in the morning and do the dinner shift somewhere else. Mm. And so you got that, you know, well, at my other job, they're, you know, they're doing oh, this. And, yeah. and so, you know, it's new, it's new uh, for, for all the restaurateurs in Oregon. And um, I do my best to stay on top of it by attending Oregon Restaurant Lodging Association meetings. Um, they've, they've been very helpful in keeping all of us up to date on, you know, what's coming down the pipeline. Um, other regulations, um, the ban on plastic products, right? Um, mm. uh, I believe they they ban plastic bags. Uh, it's uh, single use plastic single, bags. Single use plastic bags. They were talking about also banning the plastic utensils for takeout. Abs yep, absolutely. I don't know if that passed or not. I, I didn't see you on that one, but I yeah, I think it's probably only a matter of time, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, uh, I can see both sides of it. You know, uh, you know. 
I go out and I buy my, my products at the store for packaging, right? And I fill up a whole pallet of mm -hmm. uh, one-time use uh, products. And, you know, I definitely, you know, I feel feel a little bad about putting that out into that environment there. So we do our best to get, uh, we purchase recycled if, if it's available. We switch from plastic bags to recycled paper bags, which is a little bit more expensive, but it kind of, like I said, helps me sleep a little easier mm -hmm. at night knowing that we're not, you know, polluting the planet. Um, that, that's another one that the Oregon legislature passed is that paper bags, there's still a fee for them uh, now, except for takeout, I believe. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and food. Exactly, yeah. So they, they, at least there they've made an exception, but, you know, they, they've yet to make the exception in the um, minimum wage department there. And, you know, it's going to be tough, uh, tough, tough sell from the restaurant restaurateur's point of view to say, hey, um, you know, let's lower wages for workers. That's never a, a popular topic. Um, and unfortunately, I think you've seen it, um, some major restaurant chains, you know, here in town, Applebee's, Chili's, um, you know, these are yeah. well-established brands that have been around for a long time and have a, have a very set way of doing things. And you'd think, you know, they might be resistant to some of these things, uh, but they're not, you know, uh, because eventually you, you can raise your prices and eventually customers are going to go somewhere else or it, you you're just not going to be able to make ends meet, and unfortunately, I think that's what we're seeing happening, and I think it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, family medical leaves another one you mentioned. Uh, it's, they've mm -hmm. they voted on it, and it's it's coming down. I think 2022 is the year when you can start yeah. actualizing benefits. So, you know, these are um, you know, I think that the government has the right idea behind it. Unfortunately. Just like anything else, every situation is different. What's good for one population might not be good for the other for whatever reason. Um, but, um, you know, the strong will survive, and you, you kind of have to adapt and, and, and make some changes. Um, some other challenges that we faced government-wise, um, because we do franchise them the way the law is written, we're part of an organization that has more than 20 locations worldwide. Sure. and. And even though we're a franchise-owned organization, we only have one. The national menu labeling law is applied to us. Oh, Technically, okay, because we're part of Village and Franchise mm -hmm. Group, um, which has more than twenty restaurants. Uh, they passed a law that said if if you're in that boat, you have to list your calories on the menu, and that means anywhere that a menu item is is printed with a price. So that includes your special board, right? If you got a you got a chalkboard and you put a salad on there with a price. Oh no, I didn't really, oh my. Anywhere the price is presented. And you know, I've seen some interesting people try and get their way around that by uh, just saying everything's one price and just not putting the prices on there. <laughs> uh, but you know, the thing about it is, you know, I don't know who's enforcing that, um, but it's just one more thing to worry about. Um, and for us, because we were partnered with Villagen, a majority of the work was done by them, and we were able to benefit from that, from being part of the organization. However, they do allow us to offer some local entrees that they don't offer on their end. And so for those ones, you know, it was up to us to get an outside uh, menu uh, consulting firm to analyze our menu. And, and So here in town, we have the Food Innovation Center, which will do mm -hmm. labels and will do testing mm -hmm. for that. Do you Is that some, a resource you would use then? So, uh, they would definitely, they, they're in that market. We used a group that Village Inn had a contract with, right? Okay. And so it was, it was mainly like, here's a group that, you know, we, we, yeah. we've worked with. You need to send them your nutritionals and they'll crunch the numbers for you and yeah. get it back so, to you. So if you have uh, typical Oregon things, Marionberry pie, uh, Dungeness crab, which yeah. is going to be only here <laughs> yeah. in Oregon, not elsewhere in the country, you've got to have something special done. Exactly. And so, you know, it's just one of the example of, you know, uh, you know, on the surface, it sounds like, oh, yeah, you know, any organization that has more than 20 locations should be on top of it enough to, to get this out. And it's, 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 mm. it's harder than you might think uh, to, to make that happen. Um, and specifically with an organization like the one we're a part of that is so large that we stretch from Florida to Alaska, you know, they have reindeer sausage up in Alaska that's on the menu, right? You know, so um, there, there's some, uh, some challenges. But, uh, you know, okay. the thing about those is you can't really, you know, you can, you can 
you can try to do stuff about it, but progress is usually slow moving and it's not really the direction you want to go. So you kind of have to, to react and adapt to them and, and, and do what you can. One important thing I, I heard in there that I see in all industries is a trade association. Yours was the food? Uh, Oregon food? Restaurant and Lodging Association. Okay. Yeah, tremendous resource for you to keep up with regulations and deal with them and also to have people going in when our legislature is in uh, session to help them understand the impact of what they're putting into the rules. Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're a great partner to have. Um, I always joke, though, because I do attend a lot of their uh, you know, networking events because they will give you an update on what's happening in the legislature. Uh, and it's, it's usually, uh, there's always a cocktail hour afterwards, and everyone always jokes, oh, God, I need it, because it, it's usually, usually not much to be excited about. If, yeah. But uh, nonetheless, you know, uh, it's good to have them on our side um, and having them thinking about it full-time and, and lobbying for us. Okay, great. Um, in our previous discussion, I found out uh, that you're like me, a little bit of a techie on the, uh, the side. Uh, and you made some recent changes in the business to employ technology, and you related that they've been positive. Uh, something other than the Uber Eats and the Grubhub uh, delivery and stuff. Tell us a little bit about uh, your experience there and uh, what you did with technology and, and how it's helped you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, anyone who, any familiar with a restaurant knows there's a there's a lot of moving parts. And um, you can, you can, there's a reason why restaurants have such a high failure rate. There's um, from the employees uh, to the products, which are perishable. Um, and, impressing and retaining your customers. Um, there's a there's so many reasons a restaurant could fail and there's so many places where technology can help. And I'm not t talking about a robot coming up and taking your order, right? Um, maybe. <laughs> it's coming. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, utilizing technology uh, where it seems appropriate um, with the end goal of speeding up service, uh, which benefits the customer and hopefully delights them and brings them back for more mm -hmm. is the idea. So one major change that we made was uh, we weren't happy with our current uh, point of sale. Um, it, was, it's a, it was an older software that was a little bit too clunky and at our individual store level being one store franchisees, we weren't really getting the information out of it that we wanted and it, it making changes was a little bit too hard. It ran on a computer below the desk, probably, as yeah. opposed to in the cloud. Exactly. It, was a, it, was a, a, it ran on the computer, and it was managed remotely by the IT department, which, depending on which level of service you're getting, could be in Nashville or could be in India, mm -hmm. uh, right? Um, and sometimes getting things like changing a price, correcting a price that's in there wrong could take two or three days, and time is money in that situation. So we were able to switch point of sale providers um, to a cloud-based uh, point of sale, um, which is unique in that being cloud-based, you can access it anywhere, anytime uh, that you have internet access, which was which is awesome. Um, we used to only be able to access our information if you were physically in the store because of the way the network was set up for security reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, now I can pull out my cell phone and I, uh, I can look and see how busy we are today, you know, see what the labor percentage is looking like, see what we did yesterday. Um, I've got all that information right there. Um, other things that our new point of sale allows, um, we mentioned the third-party delivery. When we first started doing that, we had separate tablets for Uber and separate tablets for Grubhub. The order comes through on the tablet, it beeps at you, you have to go over there and push it to stop beeping. And then from there, you take the order and put it into the system to get it back to the kitchen. Um, we have uh, we utilize kitchen display screens, which are monitors there in the kitchen, mm -hmm. um, and that's how the cooks get their orders. And you know, when I when we when we first started doing that, I, I said, well, I was like, I got I got a tablet here that's connected to the internet, that's getting the orders from the customer on the internet, and I know that our our computers in the kitchen are hooked up to the internet. How do we get them together? Um, fortunately, with our new solution, we were able to do that. And so now um, when someone places an order on Uber or Grubhub, it goes directly, you know, from the time they hit send, uh, instantaneously it pops up on the screen for the cooks to get started making it. Mm. Um, and then 
At the same time, it sends a notice to the front of the house uh, for the host and say, oh, we got a new Uber order. I, I got to go get a bag started. What that eliminates is the need for the employee to acknowledge the order and then accurately, <laughs> efficiently, uh, timely enter that order into the system to get it going to the cooks. Um, you know, unfortunately, just the nature of the business, uh, there were many times where, you know, you'd have one or two or, you know, you have one from each service, right? Or a couple from each service. Um, and you got customers walking in the door and, and you can't tell the customer, hold on, you know, they think Sun you're... Sunday morning at 10 or 11 a.m. is you're slammed, I know. Exactly. We you got all people coming in, people are waiting, you got people lined up trying to get out. Absolutely. But if you get an order at that point in time, which you probably are now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, just having to go directly to the kitchen... Um, has been amazing for us and I've actually noticed um, a significant increase in my weekly payout and I believe my employees probably won't tell me this but I have a feeling that because it's directly integrated and they're not it's one less thing for them to do um, they're not turning it off as often as they used to be able to that's the nice thing about the third-party delivery is if you get too busy or your cook calls in sick or whatever, you can you log in there, you turn it off, say, I don't want anymore. We're ah, closed. Oh, okay. Right? You know, for whatever but now, because it's not work for them. Exactly. So right? I think I think that they're less like they still have the ability to log in and, and turn it off, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Like for whatever reason, emergency situations. Um, but I think that they're doing it a lot less now because, uh, well, I know they are because I can track it. It tells me the hours I'm supposed to be open and the hours I was actually open, um, and it's great. So, um, so that that's nice. Uh, it speeds it up, and um, it's been really fun to watch the technology. Um, you know, the Uber or Grubhub algorithm to sync up with the drivers. There used to be, like I said, you know, we, we, would, we would drop the ball or drop the tablet, <laughs> literally, um, and not get those orders in right away. And there would be times where we'd have a couple drivers waiting in the lobby for the food. So, you know, the drivers were waiting. It's not like the food was sitting waiting, right? Well, that would also happen, too, when we first got started. And they've kind of worked it out mm. now. And now that the orders are going directly to the kitchen, it's it's like clockwork. I don't know that they they've got it like figured out. They I think they know like hey if you're ordering you know four or five entrees, it's going to take a little bit longer. If you're ordering one entree, they've got it down there, and they mm -hmm. know okay this driver's this close, we can get in there. And it's been really fun to watch because like sure enough like uh, you finish up that bag and you start walking up to the front. We we keep them in. We have a little hot box that we keep them in to okay. keep them warm. You start walking up there, and then sure enough, you see a guy walk in the door with his little bag, and you're like, oh, are you here for... I, I often, uh, I've often talked, because I come out of manufacturing as a background, I see a restaurant as just one great example of a factory. It is. Uh, you, you take an order in, you manufacture the order to order, because it can be customized, yeah. and you deliver it. Yep. And then you you know service and get paid and everything else. So Absolutely. That's a great example of making it not just a, you know, we talk about the cooks working on the line. Well, it, this really is making it a production line. Yeah, and, it, and that's the way it has to be. If you see how full we are on a Sunday morning, and you see the number of customers that come in and out of that door, mm. and you compare that to the number of employees that we've got on the on the, you have to do it that way. You got you got to use teamwork and and uh, leverage technology where it makes sense. Um, and and in this situation, I think it makes sense. The customers at home they're already interfacing with technology. What difference does it make to them if at, on the other end it's a human getting that yeah. To me, that sounds like just more room for error. <laughs> okay, so this, this is a, a little bit of a tangent. So where are you at with um, uh, swiping cards versus uh, chip cards? Okay, so on our new point of sale, so we have two, two ways that we can process. Um, majority of our transactions, we're swiping, and we're doing that for speed of service. Um, it's come back to buy us once or twice. Because the difference is if you don't do the the dip and chip, um, you're on the hook if anybody says that they've had some fraud. And we've been doing it that way for about nine months now, and we've had a handful of cases, right? Mm, interesting. I think that the speed of service is worth it, and we're continuing to monitor any chargebacks we get. But so our screen... The way it works out is um, 
you run the credit card, you flip it around, and it's a big yeah. screen, which is nice because a lot of our customers' <laughs> site isn't quite there. Going back to the ideal customer and the target exactly. customer, yeah. A nice big screen. It's a 15-inch monitor, and you know you put your squiggly. don't have to calculate the tip. Just choose calculate the, the tip for you. You can get it emailed to yourself or texted to yourself if you want to, or you know, yeah. which I find you know my business clients really like. You know, they just put their their works accountant's email in there and go, oh, there we go, he's got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that's been nice. Uh, compare that to what we were using before. Um, we had one of those little chip got yeah. about this big and it was kind of confusing. You know, it would say, did like uh, 15%, 18%, 20 no tip, right? You know, and yeah. people felt really bad saying no tip, you know? And, and it's <laughs> like, and they're like, oh, I feel so bad saying that. And you almost had to have like a, a small little conversation about it. It's like, oh, it's, it's fine. We, we know you probably left something on the table. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and and just the, you know, with the chip, you got if you pull it out too soon, you got to restart the transaction. Okay, so that's interesting because I know that the chip's gotten a whole lot faster mm -hmm. at the grocery stores and everywhere else I uh, operate them. Uh, I didn't realize, I've never done a time study, yeah. but what you're telling me is it's still faster overall to use a swipe than it is to, to use the chip. The swipe's nice because you just, you're right. Okay. And when you're doing it uh, frequently, it, it, you know, it's be, and, and that's the whole thing, you know, uh, I think that, you know, seconds add up to minutes, right? And so oh, yeah. you, you're well, saving Well, back to, you know, the factory comment and exactly. production line. And you still have to have the swipe as a backup exactly. for the chip. You know, I had my chip nuts work on one of my cars, and so we, you have to have the swipe as a backup still. Exactly. So we do have the chip on our handheld devices, which this is another thing that I'm really excited about with our new point of sale. Um, we have... The ability, a server can take a handheld device um, right to the table. Right to the table. And mm -hmm. It's got it's got an actual it's it's got a built-in heavy-duty credit card swiper on. Not one of those little square guys, right? This yeah. is like a heavy heavy-duty yeah. guy, and they can take the order at the table. And what's nice about that is, as soon as they're done with the order, they hit send, and it goes back right to, the, to the, kitchen. the kitchen. Yeah, cooks get started making it. Uh, the old way of doing it, you know, writing it down on paper um, and then putting the order in. Uh, there's more seconds that are adding up to minutes. Um, a lot of times when we're really busy, just so happens a server gets two or even three tables right about the same time because we're so fast at getting the tables clear and getting new people in there, which yeah. is a good thing, but at the same time for that server, uh, they just went from a full section, now they got three new tables, right? And I in a perfect world, they would get their tables evenly spaced out and they'd be able to go and get their beverages and do our service cycle, um, which is you know what we that's the goal it's tough to it's tough to do that all the time um so for example in that situation where a server gets two or three tables like within a few minutes of each other which happens frequently um especially on the weekends you know there's a lot of times where they will go and they'll write the first table that you know they go in the order that they were seated and you know if you're the third table that gets their order taken and they're handwriting it and then they have to go put it in the computer and sometimes they may go get the beverages first and whatnot but even if they take your order directly and do all three in a row and then go to the point of sale and enter all three of them they're going to do them in the same order they wrote them if you're that third table there's going to be a big difference and then also the cooks are going to be back there like do 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 and then oh my god three orders you know like here's one and then like and they can they can enter the orders pretty fast i'm not it's not like it takes them too long but again you know if you know there's those seconds that we're trying to save um and and all in all the end result is trying to in you know have a better experience for the guests um that's going to make the team more productive um the, the food's going to be coming out kind of like I mentioned with, with the Grubhub, right? It's a little bit more streamlined. So if the, if the servers are sending the orders to the cooks at a, at a more steady pace and, you know, they can work through it a little, you know, easier yeah. as opposed to all at once, the food's going to come out faster. Um, or sometimes what happens is my cooks are also really fast too. So the server puts in three orders and they got to run three orders. So you go take out one and then tables, oh, you know, I forgot to ask, can I get this? And it's a, and but that other order is still ready to go. So, you know, uh, syncing up with the timing yeah. um, can be tough. And so, so I, I got an idea in my 
phone rang, so I was getting a haptic signal on here. That oh, I yeah. Ignored, <laughs> and I see you have yep, one. that's right. So now, now we need, when the kitchen's done, yeah. it automatically goes to the server's wrist. They get a haptic event telling them your it, order's ready. It, it, we're, we're getting close. Not quite to the, the Apple Watch yet, but on the handheld, handheld device, it will tell you. So you could be out there taking an order at a table, and uh, and once you're, if you have an order ready, it'll pop up with a little notification ah, okay. and let you know. Right. Um, sometimes that can be a little alarming. Annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is a notification that we can adjust. Um, so yeah, that's another example of technology that we've uh, implemented that we're enjoying the, the benefits that's from. That's great. Um, the main purpose of the conference I went to this morning for manufacturing was the fact that every manufacturing business has trouble finding people. Now, we've got low unemployment, but I mean, your business, I know... Restaurant workers are many times it's a starting kind of job and then you want to get something else and you go on and stuff. So you've got to deal with turnover to some extent and filling jobs. It's a lot of part-time and fill-in work when somebody's you know, off of a job. They know they can always go do some serving. They did it in their past and, and things. So what do you do for turnover and your hiring processes? You've mentioned team several times. You mm -hmm. know, how do you build a team uh, there? And basically, how do you handle the <laughs> personal, the, the the people side of your business? Definitely. Well, you know, um, our, our business runs on people, right? You know, you, you have to have them there. Um, I mentioned, you know, how busy we are on a Sunday morning and how many bodies we get in and out of the door with, you know, a limited amount of people. And, you know, it's not like other jobs where, you know, maybe... You, you've got a, a lot of work that you have to get done, but, you know, well, I'm just going to be burning the midnight oil. You know, unfortunately, you know, the, the customers, the, they don't care if you're you're busy or, you know, if someone called in sick, right, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, you always have to have staff because you, it, if you don't have enough people, it's, it's just uh, eventually it's going to get to a point to where it's overwhelming the restaurant. Uh, we call it being in the weeds, you know, and uh, unfortunately, you know, um, I've, you know, at being in the business and going out to eat, sometimes you can you can kind of tell, and you, you can kind of you can relate. You know, there's usually a little bit of sweat on the brow and yeah. and whatnot. And you know, it's it's just part. You know, uh, with with it being part time work, um, a lot of times it is the first job or um, it's a job you you do while you're going to college, um, and and. And there's a lot of other opportunities available now that weren't here a couple years ago. We mentioned Uber Eats. You could also go deliver Uber Eats with with very minimal qualifications, and you don't have to wear a uniform. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you get to you, sit. You feel like calling in <laughs> sick. You don't even have to call and make up an excuse for your boss. You just don't turn on the app, right? So there are a lot of other options for folks um, who want to make some side income and that yeah. part-time income. Um, we've been very fortunate enough um, to have a very tenured staff. We have an average employment of approximately eight years. Wow. And we have a couple employees that really bring up the average, which you know, sure. is good. Um, but you know, we do our best to, to try and um, recruit and retain quality people. Sometimes, like I said, you know, you just need some bodies. And, you know, if someone's, you know, if, they, if it's a warm body and they're available this weekend, give them an apron. But that's few and far between. We really like to um, hire our staff thoughtfully. And, and that means not just, oh, do you, have you worked in a restaurant before? Uh, we, like to, we like to hire on personality because I think that the skills of working in a restaurant are skills that you can learn relatively quickly. But interacting with people is is something that takes a little bit more practice. So when you when you get someone who's got a good attitude, right, and you can tell they like being around people, um, usually they're going to be a good fit. Um, and the way the technology is advancing, um, we have we have tons of resources. Um, the training materials are getting better and better every day. Um, we can customize them to fit how we want to do it, and it really allows us to streamline our onboarding process, um, which I believe has an effect in the length of employment. Um, I've worked at some other places in my life before. I've had friends that have worked at other jobs, and you know, if you get a job at some place and, and you know they don't have a employee handbook or uh, you know there's not really a training manual mm -hmm. or you, you, they're just like hey show up on Tuesday or you're you know and with no follow-up 
you know, there's a lot of people who won't show up on Tuesday, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we really try to do our best because a lot of times starting a new job can be, uh, you know, it's anxiety provoking sometimes or, or whatnot. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a new, you know, so we want to make, we want to be as welcoming as possible. And, you know, we're not going to throw anybody out there to the wolves if they're not ready. And, uh, and I think that that goes a long way in, in keeping them around. Um, but that being said, every once in a while, for whatever reason, you know, there's, it's just, it's, it's a bind you have to deal with. So it's something that we're constantly battling. Um, technology has helped out a little bit. Um, you know, you can do, you can do some online postings, uh, much more affordable than you used to be able to do, uh, newspaper wanted ads. But I'd also say the quality has also, you know, balances that out. And what I mean by that is it's really easier for someone to sit there and you know, send their application out to, you know, 20 different places, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we tend to give a little more credence to someone who actually takes the time to come in and, and you know, fill it out because, you know, it, it's not easy work that we're doing, um, but we try and have a little fun while we're doing it and everyone's there to try and make a little money. So it's interesting. We heard, I heard the word fun, you know, for work many times this morning. Uh, I heard something similar to what you said. We hire for DNA, then we can teach them our way. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Yeah, that's a nice ring. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, because I mean, you know, sometimes the people who come in and they have tons of experience at all these other restaurants, uh, you know, the reason they have experience at different restaurants because they don't last very long, right? <laughs> um, and so, you know, we really, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, it's, uh, like I said, you know, our ideal customer is coming in. They want that human interaction, right? You know, um, and if they don't, they're going to order it and get it delivered. <laughs> I, I, well, you, you may remember the, the TV show Cheers. Oh, yeah. You know, where everyone knows your name. I mean, that's what brings my wife and I to a lot of restaurants. Absolutely. Because we get to know the servers. We, My wife has taught me to actually introduce ourselves to the server. We'll ask their name and then we'll say our names back. And they'll, they'll use it later on. Absolutely. And it's great. And, then, and they remember us then. Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of regular customers, and 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 they have their favorite servers too, right? Oh, so yes. so that you know that's part of it too. You, you know, it's um, you, you I gotta go see Judy. You know, I'll <laughs> wait for Judy section. Um, that happens a lot, and uh, you know, and then and vice versa. You know, the servers. You know, the the customers kind of they're like clients now, and you're like, oh, I know yeah. what Paul likes. I'll get his iced tea ready. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I yep. see him coming in yep. the door. Let's get get that going. Or you don't even need to ask them what they're having because they're you know we know they're what they're gonna do today because they order the same thing on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. So one last area I'd like to cover before we wrap up is uh, disruptions of various natures. Uh, in your case, it could be a grease trap bake, uh, backing up, or it could be like Target had where they're. 24 hours or 36 hours, their uh, point of sale system went down. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you've faced and, and what still keeps you up at night worrying about something going bad? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, we've made a lot of advances, but there's still a lot of things that can go wrong, right? And, um, you know, again, I keep going back to, you know, how many people we're serving, right? And it's a beautiful thing when everything's working and clicking in motion. But like you said, you know, it, there's only one or two things that it takes to, to mess it up. Um, you know, with our old point of sale, I've experienced having the credit card machine go down and having to get out the carbon copy yeah. <laughs> machine. And I, I, I'm pretty sure people save a decline, cancel a credit card in their wallet for that occasion because every time that happens, sure enough, we do that by hand and then you have to go back and key it in. There's always a handful of them that for whatever reason, you know, we didn't transcribe the number properly or it's, you know, the, it's a, it's okay. a decline card. Uh, so I've been there for that. That's never fun. Um, and then there's also the time where, you know, this was all with our old point of sale. You couldn't tell if if it was if the credit card machine was down or not because sometimes it would switch over to dial up right and that oh. takes about forty five seconds yeah. which doesn't sound very long unless you've got a line of waiting. fifteen yeah. people <laughs> waiting to pay and you're like trying to figure out do I need to get this out or so definitely have been there with that and uh, you know hopefully I think you know we, we've solved that with our new point of sale we've seen far fewer incidents of that um, you know. Gosh, there's no a, fires in the kitchen. No, we've had fires in the kitchen. Uh, you know, uh, nothing, nothing that's brought the place down. You know, we've had people trying to smoke in the bathroom before, though, put a cigarette out in the trash can. Unfortunately, mm. someone notices it. Okay. Um, you know, we got, you know, we, there's uh, several thousand people that come in and out of the doors every week. And, and you know, it, you, well, you must have you, people fall. 
you know, there's nothing wrong with the carpet or anything else, just... You know, they fall probably, right? Absolutely. And the uh, emergency has to come. Uh, yes, yeah. You can't touch them probably for safe for liability purposes. You have to call the uh, yeah. Uh, we've had that. We've had that happen several times. Uh, there's been a lot of times. You know, we do cater to an older clientele. Um, a lot, a lot of um, baby boomers will bring their parents out, and there's been a lot of times where you know, for where they're they're you know they're worried about the health of that individual, and 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 they think that they. Best thing to do is get some help out here right away. So you know we've there's been plenty of times where you got to call call the paramedics and get them mm -hmm. out there, which is always you know, which is always a show. <laughs> so uh, do you have AEDs uh, in the restaurant now? For... We we don't, um, but I, that's definitely definitely something I yeah. would like to get in there. Is everybody trained in Heimlich maneuver? And have Heimlich you had maneuver. choking uh, incidents? We've had we've had one or two of those. I've I've actually had to administer the Heimlich maneuver myself once. Okay. Um, and uh, you know I don't know how my technique was, but the person survived. So good. <laughs> I that's guess good. that's all that matters. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a lot of things um, that you just can't even uh, predict, right? Yeah. Uh, power outages. Uh, we're in a pretty good spot. I think a lot of our lines are underground, but every once in a while there'll be an outage, and and you know that's an interesting uh, day. Um, weather plays a big factor in our business. Um, you know, uh, as soon as they mention the threat of snow, you know, it's going to. Oh gonna, yeah. You know, you, this you, is Portland. Yeah, you might as well adjust the quarter of inch of snow. You know, I'm from Michigan. You know, yeah, the snow is not a big deal. Like so, that. you know that, and then vice versa. You know, uh, you know if uh, sometimes the power goes out in a neighborhood next to us, and we don't know that, but all of a sudden we just like, why are we so busy? And then people they tell us, oh, our power's out over in Lake Oswego. You know, you can't predict that. You know, right. and you don't really find out about it until it happens, and you just kind of okay. So there's where a power outage is a good thing because yeah. it sends people to exactly. you. As long as we still have power. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I remember one time uh, it snowed really bad. Uh, it came out of the middle of nowhere. Like uh, I think the forecasters were way off. It was one that uh, hit right before the evening commute. You probably remember. Um, and us being located right next to the freeway, we, we had a bunch of cars that were just pulling in because they wanted to be inside a warm building instead of seeing their car mm. not moving on the freeway. We had a, te a, a, a team of, I think it was a basketball, a high school basketball team, you know, that was on the school bus, right? Oh. And they were, like, they all had to go to the bathroom and stuff. And, and so they came in and, 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 and of course, you know, it happened in the middle of the shift change. So it's just myself, another server, and one cook, right? And, and all my evening help was out stuck in the same traffic as everybody oh. else. So they all call me going, hey, I'm only a couple miles away, but it's not moving. So, you know, you just kind of... Fortunately, in those situations, usually the customers are pretty understanding, understanding. and they're yeah. kind of in the same boat. And it, that's one of those things where, you know, there, there's there's rarely a, a, a non-interesting day at the restaurant. And, but <laughs> that sometimes it gets a little too interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the last thing I'd like to do is uh, uh, give you a chance to kind of just do a teaser that I would use. So I try to make them 70 seconds long so it actually, with... Well, the header and the uh, trailer, it's really only like 57 or 60 seconds. Okay. So you've had a chance to think about this a little bit. Okay. So. Ryan, here's your one chance to promote the Village Inn uh, at Bridgeport. So what's your one-minute pitch? Well, I'd say come and see us uh, if you're looking for uh, quality food in a comfortable environment with uh, friendly service. Uh, we're third-generation family-owned and operated business. We're serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, from open to close. Um, so come see us for some comfort food. All right, that's all. And for some comfort generally, from what I know, exactly. having been at your restaurant several times. Indeed. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, Ryan. It's been great having you and uh, helping uh, people understand, uh, you know, some of the seven forces and how they affect every business. In this case, restaurants in particular. Thank you. <laughs>